We hear in our, God, our second reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. When we think about owing something to someone, we think about debt. But in a scriptural context, it's a moral obligation to meet the obligation that has occurred. That's not an obligation that we have of the world. What is interesting is the way this phrase is written. St. Paul challenges us to leave everything behind. Owe nothing to anyone. It's not to say that we take on debt, but what it's inviting us is to leave the world behind and focus on to love one another. So what does this love, what does this owing mean in the letter of St. Paul? This owing is to give what is due, what is just, or what ought to belong to the other. What is belonging to the other, what is just to the other, what is due to the other is love. This love is what I should be doing towards the other. But to begin to understand why love is so crucial and why is love due to the other, we must track all the way back to where it began. The simple question begins in the catechism, why did God create us? If God is all-knowing, all-powerful, almighty, why did God have to create us? If God had the angels praising and giving him glory every day and every moment, for all eternity, then why did God have to create us? And we find in the catechism it's very simple. God created us to know, to love, to serve him in this life and in the life to come. But in short, it is to truly and fully respond to God's love. God wanted someone to fully and freely respond to his love. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to become man. He wants each and every one of us to love and to respond to his invitation unconditionally. It's not because we're morally obliged to love God. There's nothing forcing us to love God. But what is due to God? What are we returning to God because of his gift of love to us? We're not perfect. We're not the best person. We don't love him well. But yet he still loves us unconditionally. To put it very simply, as a parent, when you have a child who misbehaves, do you not love that child? Do you hate that child because they have misbehaved? We're angry at them. We're frustrated at them. But it's, we don't not love them. We don't hate them. We love them even more. So imagine if we as a parent love our child even when we make mistakes, even when they're imperfect. Imagine how much more love God can have for us when every day we choose to sin, when every day we decide to rupture that relationship with him, when every day we decide to turn our back from his love and say to him that his love doesn't matter for us anymore. 
He still loves us unconditionally. So we return to God what is rightly His. We respond to that love that He's given us, that He has loved us unconditionally. I think to help us continue to understand this concept, we have to look at the image of love, the symbol of love, which is the crucifixion that is hanging behind us, behind me. If we look at it, there's two parts to the cross. There's a vertical part and a horizontal part. A love relationship has two parts. It connects us to God first and foremost and to each other horizontally. We are able to love the way we are because there's a vertical relationship with God. God overpours and outpours his love to us and therefore we share that love with our brothers and sisters. Now think about those moments when we fall short of loving our brothers and sisters, when we're short-tempered, when we're angry, when we're frustrated. Why are we angry, frustrated? We're angry, frustrated, and all these things because our relationship with God, our love relationship with God is not overflowing anymore. And at that moment, we're being challenged and invited to love our enemies, love those in front of us that much more. But our fuse, our ability to give more is nothing, is empty. So how are we going to love our neighbors when that love relationship is gone? When that love relationship doesn't overfill our lives with love anymore. So we have that vertical relationship with God and that horizontal relationship with each other. But that doesn't make our crucifix. That makes the cross. What makes the crucifix? It's the corpus that hangs on that cross. It is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who walks and demonstrates for us exactly what that love is. Because that love is not just the sentimental feeling we carry within ourselves anymore, but it's the un unconditional gift of oneself to the other without counting any cost, without expecting anything back, and always giving of oneself. He walked this earth 2,000 years ago. People stoned him to death. People hated him. But yet, he still loved them. He still loves us when we decide to rupture that relationship with him. He still loves us when we decide to rupture our relationship with each other. This love becomes the binding that unites us all together, that connects us with God, and most importantly, it helps us understand why we do what we do. Because we were created for love. We were created to love. And we were created out of love. We were meant for love in all situations. We were meant to be united with God forever. So every day in our life, we strive to return to that relationship of love. We strive to find God and seek God in everything that we do. But it begins with that love. So when St. Paul writes, Oh, nothing except to the other love, 
We love them the way Christ loved us because it's not because we love the other. But more importantly, we love God in and through the other because they were created in the image and likeness of God. And therefore, when we love, we love God. Everything that we do is because God has given us this ability to love Him and therefore we choose to fully respond and give of ourselves again as if He did for us. Jesus shows us what it means to truly love. And when we love, everything else lines up. We see that very clearly when St. Paul writes the Ten Commandments. He gives us a couple, do not commit adultery, do not steal, and all these other things. Why? I'm going to go back to a couple. Honor your father and mother. Why do we have to honor our father and mother? Why does that really matter? They gave birth to us, they raised us, okay, cool. That doesn't matter. But it is because they loved us. It is because they were created in the image and likeness of God. And therefore, it's not because they raised us. It's not because they've educated us. It's because they were created in the image and likeness of God. And therefore, that gift of love from God that has, I have received should therefore flow out from my relationship with them and respond to God's love in that manner. Thou shalt not steal. I should respect and treasure the gifts that God has given me and am okay with the gifts that he has given me. Why? God has loved us individually and knows what is good for us and therefore he has gifted us these material things. But instead of accepting and being okay with that love, we're not content. We're not satisfied with the gift that God has given us and we want the gifts that God has given to the other. We are envious of the things that someone else has been blessed with by God and therefore we are going to take the other person's blessings. We're going to take the other person's gift that God has given them and make it our own. I don't love God enough. I am not comfortable in the fact that God has blessed me with this gift and therefore I'm going to take someone else's. That's not love. As a parent, do you love your child the same way when they're a toddler versus an adult? Your love for them changes and grows. Your love varies, not because you don't love them, but because they need something specific at that moment and at that point in their life. God does the same thing with us in our daily life. He blesses us with these gifts because he knows that's what we need at that moment. But do we see those gifts as love? You should not commit adultery. Do we see others, our brothers and sisters, as being created in the image and likeness of God? Or do we see them solely as an object of my desire? Solely as a piece of flesh for my entertainment, for my comfort, for my pleasure? Or are they our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are they created in the image and likeness of God and therefore should not be treated as just strictly flesh, strictly for my desires, but they should be treated with the utmost respect, with the utmost dignity, and therefore should be loved unconditionally? 
That is the challenge and difficulty, my dear brothers and sisters. Owe nothing to the world except to love one another. St. Paul illustrates for us that this love will take us all eternity so that we can get to that point in which Christ has demonstrated for us on the cross. It is going to take our whole lifetime here on earth to figure and understand out this love. So don't take on more than you can chew. Don't focus on anything else because we have our mission set aside for us already. We know what we have to do, where we have to focus and where we orient our lives and where we set our eyes towards is to love one another. If we can love one another, our lives would change because the Ten Commandments wouldn't just be Ten Commandments. It'd be the guidepost, the map to our salvation. If we loved one another, our community, our family would change because Christ would be the center of our lives, Christ would be the center of our family, and nothing else would matter within our family. Our family would grow, our family would become holy, would become healthy. Our community, our world would be different. There would be no envy, there would be no war, there would be nothing against hatred anymore because we see Christ in and through our brothers and sisters, because we love them the way Christ has loved us. So my dear brothers and sisters, as we continue to be, continue our life, continue our journey as disciples, this argument of love, this loving one another is a difficult, difficult task. But one of my favorite quotes that I keep coming back to from Mother Teresa of Calcutta, is not all of us are called to do great things, but we're all called to do little things with great love. It's not going to be easy for us to love our enemies. It's not going to be easy for us to love God the way God has called us. It's not going to be easy for us to turn our lives completely to God immediately. These grand things are great, but what we can begin to do today is to love God in the little things. How do I begin to find God in my brothers and sisters? How do I begin to find God in my husband or my wife when we're arguing? How do I begin to find Christ in my enemies? How do I begin to find Christ in those I dislike or don't agree with? How do I begin to find Christ in those moments when it's difficult? And in those moments, those little moments of love, we can begin to get to those moments in which we turn our lives over to God, in which we can make bigger sacrifices, in which love is the center of our life. But we can't take on that whole thing immediately. So we can begin today with those little things, those little acts of love. Amen. <laughs>